0: I feel like my IQ is slowly dwindling. (laughs) I
1: know. Oh, God, neither of us could think of the word conjugate. Nope. I don't know uh, what to call a thorn in my palm.
0: Well, like sticker. What is the? Uh,
1: uh Uh-oh. You're proving it. You're just proving it. And I'm not helping. Nope. Because I don't know the answer. I'm done. I can't. I can't do this. Well, I guess that's the end of our podcast.
0: Goodbye, everybody.
1: Goodbye. <laughs> Just good kidding. Bye. Just kidding. Just kidding. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch? I've
0: been a rebel all my life.
1: We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to ruse
0: your lips, shake your shoulders, shake your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be there. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Hi, um, my name's Deanna. Uh, my name's Hannah, and you're listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. That's right. So we are. That's correct. A weekly podcast when we're on a roll um, that where we where we talk about ladies and feminine folk.
1: Yep. And uh, we came back last week after a month-ish hiatus. Yep. You know, pandemic-related things. Yep. And uh, now we're back.
0: We are back,
1: so we're we're uh, excited to be talking about some cool people, cause God damn it, do we need it right now?
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> did you Man. hear that this morning, uh Trump announced that he was going to posthumously pardon Susan B. Anthony?
1: Yes, I did and he was, I'm <laughs>
0: like, wow, somebody's really grabbing at straws number one. Number two, why does she need to be pardoned? She doesn't. She's already a national treasure. Um, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. She's super dead. And I love how every time he does something, <laughs> he like prefaces it with not a lot of people know this, but she was never like, yeah, plenty of people know this. <laughs> you fucking yeah. idiot. just because you don't know something doesn't mean that that's like normal.
1: I know. Okay. <gasps> I, 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 I don't like, I don't even know who that stuff is for anymore because it's like one day you're dismantling the postal service the next day. Susan B. Anthony, like, pick your messaging. It's
0: and just he is stick just to it and beyond man. Like, spiraling what the fuck? out of control. He's just I heard somewhere that he's terrified to leave office because yeah. he'll probably be arrested. Ooh, I hope
1: so. <laughs> he did say my mom was reading something about how he said that he thought he would just go ahead and do a third or fourth and and or fourth term. Because he um, because this term didn't count because sure, of sure all of the like Sure it didn't, Donnie.
0: The meddling
1: of the other party, so to speak. Whatever.
0: Cry me a goddamn river.
1: Yeah, I think it's bullshit, but go cry like, go cry in it?
0: your diet coke.
1: <sighs> or do something. Else. Far away. I mean away from Twitter and the media my
0: thing i'm just really hoping for and not to linger too much on him because yes fair but it's just like i i hope he just becomes irrelevant because that's to me that's that's worse for him than being infamous you know what i mean
1: yes no being infamous is what he wants i told my mom that same thing today that i wish like more than more than wishing he would stop saying certain things like that I just don't give a shit about anymore. Mm. I wish that we would stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. I wish we would stop making it relevant. I don't, like the fact that he's talking about wanting a third and fourth term only starts to matter when we when talk about it. When people start about
0: talking it. about it, yeah.
1: So because yeah, so it's I guess you know.
0: cuz that's not how our democracy works. Right.
1: <laughs> so on that note, I'll stop talking about Trump and... Uh, well, I brought it start, up. My bad. My bad. Uh, no, no, it's good. I think, like, I don't know. It It's a weird fucking time. And it would be nice to talk about some cool ladies. And um I keep thinking about the Postal Service and I keep thinking about Stagecoach Mary Dude. because of it. I know. This woman who, like, fought wolves to deliver the mail after being a slave, like... She She was so awesome. Was so awesome. And so if anyone wants to read about heroic postal workers um, or listen to an episode about heroic postal workers, go listen to our episode about Stagecoach Mary. Hell yeah. And hopefully, I mean, ideally, maybe we'll do even more postal workers in the coming months because uh, we need to talk about that. Um, But today... I'm, I'm not doing any intros or anything, uh, but today I'm talking about somebody who I discovered last week or two weeks ago, I guess, um, when we did a hike in the Red Feather Lakes area. Have you ever been over there? I don't know. It's northern Colorado, so it's like... It's less likely you know, I've been there. <laughs> less likely. It's like uh, an hour and a half south of... Wyoming mm. the, the Wyoming border so it's kind of up that way um but yeah my mom and, and Ben and I took a hike up there and there's a trail there called Lady Moon Trail and it seems like such a random name and so I was looking into it and it turns out that it's named after a woman a woman who existed uh in the 1880s In that area of Colorado and was a fucking, like, ridiculous, rowdy, party-loving person who married British um, aristocracy and became a lady, even though she was like a rootin' tootin' cowgirl uh, in the Old West. Whoa. (laughs) So I thought I would talk about her because I'm in Colorado, which I haven't been for a long time, and so, you know, a little bit of... Colorado pride but yeah she her her story is insane and it it kind of makes me go back to as I always do this idea that we have so many westerns and we don't we barely have any about actual like women who lived during these times because um there were a fucking lot (laughs) there were a lot Um, of really Hannah are you sure about that really badass women are you sure well no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not sure. <laughs> but uh, but the other thing about studying her that was interesting is it shed a little bit of light on um, why we romanticize the idea of cowboys so much. Hmm. So I'll get into that a little bit because it's a lot of stuff I didn't know and now I do. It's really fascinating. Um, but so, yeah, so today I'm talking about Lady Moon or Grattan... I don't I'm probably definitely not pronouncing that name correctly. Whee! She's an Irish girl. She's originally from Ireland, so Grattan Catherine Lauder. G R A T T O N. Grattan. I was I just know.
0: thinking how interesting it is that she's Irish and this time and married British aristocracy. Uh, but I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty insane. Uh, but she was an 18-year-old Irish orphan when she first settled near the mining town of Manhattan, which was north of Fort Collins in 1883. You know, and, we've um, never
0: been terribly <clears throat> creative about names. <laughs> I know. New York. I know. I I thought that was funny. New like most cities in New England are all literal names of cities in England.
1: Yeah, and then even when we go out west, we're naming shit the same. Yeah. You know, I whatever. Why we
0: name whatever.
1: I know. I'm curious, too, but I didn't look into it. Um, it's not important to this been, story. Yeah. I. But it is funny because, like, we just came from New York, and now I'm talking about yeah. a Colorado woman who lived in a mining town named Manhattan. Um, but she was orphaned at the age of 12 in St. Louis. Her parents brought her over from Ireland. They settled in St. Louis, and then they died, and mm-hmm. she was orphaned there. When she finally got her independence, she you know, followed the, the the mystique of the Old West yeah. to Colorado. And she worked at the Elkhorn Lodge as a laundress, a waitress, and um, every so often provided <clears throat> certain services to select clients. Uh, Get that money, girl. <laughs> that's right. She was rambunctious. She was excellent with a horse. She loved a good party. And she really didn't care what the people thought of her, earning herself the nickname Cussing Kate very early on.
0: I probably would want to have been friends with her.
1: I think so. I think, I think, I don't think any of today. that English made
0: sense now that I think about what that sentence just sounded like, but <laughs> I would have I wanted you. to be friends with her. I still want to be friends there we with go. her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Where's it her ghost be, at? Um, it can be then and now. Oh, I'll tell you about her ghost. Don't worry. Oh, really? Yeah, not joking. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So she married a blacksmith in, the, in, the, in this area named Frank Garten. So her name was Gratton Garten. Cute. Oh, God. Uh, Frank Garten in 1887. And she continued to work um, as a laundress in town. Uh, But enter Cecil Moon in 1888. He was what was known as a remittance man, which, do you know what a remittance man
0: is? Is it like repo man?
1: No, (laughs) I had to look it up too. I had never heard of this. And this is a fucking thing. So there were a number of reasons as to why these men were what they were. Um, Basically, they were often The second and third sons of European aristocrats. And. Oh, so they. Uh huh.
0: They didn't have the same pressures on them because they weren't going to be inheriting the titles.
1: Yes. The first son inherited the title, the business, the land, and the fortune. And then they were kind of like, all right, so they would buy officer commissions in the army and create their own import business um, while overseas and in America. Or. They were the sons of rich European families, regardless of number and line, who had finished high school, didn't go to college, and didn't have to work, so they partied and were an embarrassment because of it. (laughs) (laughs) So mom and dad would basically pay them to go play cowboy just so that they could continue to be respectable in England while their sons were, like, out of sight, out of mind.
0: And they could lie about whatever their son was getting up to because
1: yes who was gonna
0: corroborate or not the story yeah
1: and this is insane there were um remittance man schools which were also called cowboy schools where if you were a fucking if you were one of these dudes you would go to cowboy school and you would learn how to ride a horse shoot a gun uh, manage a ranch or so, whatever. Is
0: it kind of like boarding school or military school? For
1: It's like, but they're all too old for that. <laughs> you know, they're all too old. You so should have like, learned
0: how to do these basic <laughs> things by now.
1: They're like 19 and up. And they're out there because their parents are either ashamed of them or they're not inheriting anything. And uh, And they're learning how to like you know, tie a rope.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: But this is where I think a lot of the cowboy mystique stuff comes from, is this idea that, like, you know, you had these European boys coming out to the Old West, and it had this, like, you know, glamour to it because they could afford for there to be a glamour to it. <clears throat> they could afford to kind of partake in all of the, you know, the root and toot and Wild right. West stuff. Right. And, um... And it became really like mythologized. So anyway, that was a little tangent about what a remittance, what remittance men are. But Cecil Moon was a remittance man. He was a first son. So that tells you which kind he was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and uh, he arrived in Denver in 1885 to an administrative job that his father had arranged. And he hated it. He quit. And he apparently was like digging ditches. For a canal company until he signed up and he signed up for a cowboy school (laughs) and uh, he went to cowboy school learned how to do ranching and actually proved to be really good at it because he had a head for business and he loved horses so i guess he just needed the
0: right environment in which to flourish
1: yeah kind of i mean i think that was true for a lot of these dudes Mm. um but so he was managing ranches when in 1888 he took sick and he took, got a, he took ill and was bedridden with a fever. And he hired a local girl to come and like take care of him while he was uh, not well. And that that local girl was Grattan Catherine Garten
0: um, and um, Cuss and
1: Kate Cuss and Kate and they fell in love. Grattan like divorced Frank as you do. That is not a time when divorces
0: um, happened, really.
1: No, but I think I think they probably got away with it because Cecil had money and, you know, she didn't give a shit what people thought of her. Yeah. She was already Irish. Like what else? You know, true. How much worse could it get? So they um, they married I- uh, in July 1888 and she started to go by her middle name. Thank God, Catherine. And <laughs> for for your sake only. <laughs> for my sake. <laughs> they honeymooned in England. And, Whoa. yeah, super good, super fun. She had her horse, Moses, shipped over along with them. She brought her horse to England from Colorado. I understand that uh, that desire. She was like, I'm not leaving my horse. It's just not happening. And um, But just for the honeymoon, yeah. like, they
0: were planning on coming yeah. back? Yeah. Oh, well, if you yeah, got the Yeah, they were money. coming back,
1: which they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, his parents fucking hated Catherine. Obviously, there are many, many reasons why. I'm sure. Yes, one was that she was Irish. Yep. Um, the The other one is that she was an Irish girl who'd been living as a cow as a cowgirl, basically. You know, she'd been she's living in the wild west, a little
0: bit rough around the edges, and uh,
1: she was cussing Kate. Her nickname <laughs> is
0: Cussing Kate, so she's a little uncouth for the aristocracy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually refused to accept her claim to the title, and they even tried to pay her to go back to the U.S. by herself Ugh. and leave her leave her new husband <laughs> in England. Um, but, you know, they were obsessed with each other, and they went fuck that and stayed married for another 10 years. So, you know, right. at least they clearly, like enjoyed each other's company for the most part for a while. Yeah. Um, And after that 10 years, Cecil's dad and grandfather both died, and he inherited a baronetcy. So they went back to England for a second time. She brought Moses. (laughs) (laughs) And they collected his inheritance, and um, that was how she became Lady Moon. So, you know, Catherine... A name. Catherine Moon. Uh, I know. Lady Moon. And that's so good. Yeah. Ugh. So from here on out, they were living the life. Over the course of the 21 years of their marriage, Cecil proved to be a very successful businessman and rancher. So he was like also independently wealthy besides what he had inherited. Right.
0: Because of was, his business you know. acumen.
1: Mm hmm. Um, he brought in cattle from all over the world, raised different herds in different canyons, and uh, researched this newfangled thing called genetics, and um, figured out how to, like, you know, breed certain breeds. I don't know. Breed I know certain nothing traits
0: about. into yeah. your cattle?
1: <clears throat> That's the one. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So they made a lot of money, lived pretty carefree, and um, I think they were both, like, also living carefree with other people on the side a little bit, you know. I think especially if you're
0: wealthy, you can get away with that shit so mm-hmm. much.
1: Yep, yep. Um, although one story about her tells of an excursion that she made to Fort Collins by Stagecoach, which at that time, I think um, it's like a, it's like a 45-minute drive right now from this area to Fort Collins. So she went by Stagecoach. Um, to Fort Collins, so definitely longer because, than forty-five
0: minutes, but could yeah, probably do it but, in a day.
1: Yeah, I think it was not like not overly long. But she heard that Cecil had been boarding in town at some at the home of some family friends, and these family friends had two beautiful daughters. Whoops! And he'd been seen around town with one of them, and so of course she got wind of it and pissed off. She came to town armed.
0: <laughs> uh oh.
1: Um, Yeah, under under her linen dusters, she had a Colt revolver, which she knew how to use. Yeah. And she uh, used it to threaten him to come home and dragged him home in the stagecoach that she'd taken down to Fort Collins. Whoa, uh, that's embarrassing him. And of course, you know, I think that was pretty par for the course,
0: to be honest, with the both of them. Um, yeah it sounds like they had a lot of emotional volatility but that you know for them I think it sounds like the passionate sort of nature of it worked and also hindered some of their emotional growth (laughs) together
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know that they were super mature uh ever but again when you have money you don't
0: have to be oh the cats saying hi
1: hello kitty it's still there, and um, Cecil. It's still there. Yeah, you can. I don't know if you can like stay there or whatever, but we've we've driven past it. Oh, so yeah, it's up there. Well, I like that it's and, Lady um, Moon
0: Ranch, not like Lord and Lady Moon Ranch.
1: Well, I'll tell you why in oh, just a second. Okay. <laughs> um, because he he uh, had a gambling problem and a drinking problem, and. He was prone to losing lots of money, so she was in charge of the cash box, so smart when she cut him off, you know there that then that was it, and he was done for the night
0: um so that, that remittance you know, not, man attitude and behavior coming back
1: yes, like head. he just didn't know he didn't know how to stop, and he didn't ever consider that he should, and she'd grown up an orphan, yeah, so I feel like he you know, know
0: that's very nihilistic of him, you know, yeah. Yeah, spend
1: it while you have it, I guess. Um, Live while but, you, know, you can. I don't know. Yeah. She she was a little bit more savvy. And um, yeah, he just grew up with money to burn. So she was the one in charge. Nice. Um, so yeah, so she knew how to keep her cool with cash, even when she was drunk. And she also, I That's a I skill suspect, I wish I had. I know,
0: me too. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go buy a bunch of shit. But I think she
1: also, I think she also knew that their marriage had an expiration date on it. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, his mother hated her. She was constantly pleading with him to divorce Catherine. Um, and the I think that was? she was. The mother was. And I think that, I think that Catherine was kind of like preparing for that day also. Okay. So every time Cecil bought property including their ranch in Elkhorn, he and Catherine would party to celebrate, and she would get Cecil blackout drunk and have him sign over the deed of the property to her, which means she owned everything. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> that is so I sneaky. Love. Yeah,
1: it really is. <laughs> it's so sneaky. So she owned everything, and crazier in 1909 he sued Catherine they were still married and he sued Catherine asking the district court of Denver to quote force his wife to return to him some of the assets that he had signed over to her <laughs> <laughs> that's so ridiculous and the court refused of course well I mean they were like they were like hey just cause you were drunk doesn't mean this isn't valid Ooh. so that was their decision, and they stuck to it. So Catherine owned everything. Whoa. And um, as you can imagine, this put a bit of a damper on the marriage.
0: <laughs> Again, and, it's not really yeah. her fault. I mean, is a she's the bit... catalyst, but he's the one <laughs> yeah. who continually got blackout drunk with his wife, knowing that she was probably going to do this.
1: Yeah, he, I, I, yeah, uh. I don't know. He was a fucking dumbass. I mean, don't underestimate fucking cowgirls, man, like. No kidding. Just don't. Or, I mean, you know, Wild West ladies. I don't know. What do you call a, what do you call a woman from the Wild West who's not a cowgirl?
0: I don't know. A woman? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll figure it out. We back, we back now to my brain don't work so good.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, so from then on, Catherine sort of begrudgingly, quote, allowed Cecil to live in the house. Uh, but he was only allowed to sleep in the kitchen with the chickens um, because apparently she kept all of her animals in the house, including 21 dogs, the chickens, and on cold nights, her horse Moses. Wait,
0: but how did do- – never mind. I'm like, why didn't the dogs go after the chickens? She must have kept them separate. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. She just ran a tight ship, maybe. I don't know. But they were all in there. And, it sounds like um, me, to be and, honest. And Keeping all the animals inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's cold and stuff, you know.
0: And it does not? get cold up there.
1: I know and snowy, so. Um, but the deal was, he was only allowed to to live in the house as long as he was willing to do all of the cooking for all of the ranch hands. That was that was the deal that she made with him. She was like, "You're allowed to stay in my house what? if you do all the cooking for all the ranch hands." This is
0: so unconventional. For this <laughs> I time.
1: I know. I love
0: it. She's really able to to change her fortunes there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she knew that
1: she knew that nothing lasts forever. And so she prepared herself for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She even if even if that preparation maybe potentially led to their downfall as a married couple.
0: Well, at least she was, was going to be was okay more when interested. they went out the other end.
1: Yes, exactly. She was more interested in being okay in that eventuality. So that was okay. what she
0: chose. Okay.
1: Um, but as you can imagine, they were finally divorced soon after this. This was kind of like the final straw. Right. And uh, so Lady Moon has the distinction of being the first woman west of the Mississippi forced to pay alimony to her husband. <laughs> oh. Which I find hilarious. Yeah. But she kept all their businesses and the ranch. And he left the U.S. He was like, fuck this. I'm going back to England. Wow. <clears throat> so that's what he did. And, uh, yeah, rumors circulated about I guess about his mom Catherine. was probably really happy. Yeah, if she was, I guess she was probably still alive. Well, maybe, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was stoked about that. And he he went he left England pretty soon after that and went to New Zealand and like built another fortune and married another woman, so it was like Did he was they fine. get a divorce? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got a divorce. That's why she had to pay him alimony. Duh. Nah. <laughs> I'm with you.
0: I'm listening. I'm actively listening.
1: <laughs> yes. Say it again so I believe it. <sighs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding.
0: Um
1: But it's so almost, ridiculous because
0: there. he's an aristocrat and he comes from a shitload of money and she still had to pay alimony to him? Yeah, cuz she took she took all of his money basically. I mean, she took Yeah, but she what took about mom and dad? Pretty much everything. I mean, so yeah. um, Mom and dad's money. I guess when he inherited yeah. it, it became theirs and then she took it. I don't know. Yeah,
1: well they invested it. In businesses and in properties, you know. Many rumors circulated about Catherine after this, including one that she and her ranch foreman were involved in cattle stealing. Uh, in addition, she apparently burned down one of her own homes to collect the insurance money. But immediately following the fire, they uh, all of her fine clothes and furs and jewelry supposedly um, that she had supposedly lost reappeared in Fort Collins. I assume, in one of her many properties. Hmm. So, you know, not suspicious no, at all. No. Um, and on weekends, Denver businessmen flocked to her ranch house where they could always find a party going on. Many of the men accompanied, accompanied her to town during her buying trips, escorted by the 20 or so dogs who resided at the ranch. So they would go into town and she'd bring her 20 dogs. Wow. Um to go shopping, but she always had men around her, she always had people who were like, we're down for a good time, you're fun, you're, you're moneyed, um, like, we're into this. So, that was kind of her life after Cecil, and she did eventually sell her property, but not before she and several of her men made a business of several distilling. Of <laughs> several of her men. Several of her men made a business of distilling large quantities of bootleg whiskey. Fuck. Yes. Why am I yes. not
0: best friends with this woman? Because we're not alive. I know. She dead. I know.
1: She dead. Let's go find her uh, ghost. Also, I didn't realize this, but apparently, Prohibition started in Larimer County, so where, where we are, um, in the early 1890s. Okay. Not crazy. Okay. Super early. But so that was why she was bootlegging shit, because it, uh, it was too early for uh,
0: Prohibition. Because she's a and shrewd businesswoman.
1: So, yeah, she peddled her whiskey at her parties and in downtown Fort Collins. She managed to evade detection until one night at one of her parties. She was dancing, tripped, and fell. When she fell, her legs went clank. And it turned out that her pantaloons had huge hidden pockets from hips to ankles in which she carried many pints of whiskey. And this was how she smuggled it. Into Fort Collins. Whoa. When making a sale, she could simply reach under her skirt and give you your pint. So, this
0: woman was you know, awesome.
1: Yeah. This is my favorite part of that story. She was arrested after that discovery, but at her trial, she was acquitted for lack of evidence because the arresting deputies were too intimidated to reach
0: under her skirts to find the bottles. Uh. <laughs>
1: I love it it's so funny
0: and I'm sure she fed into it too like I'm a lady how dare you
1: <laughs> of course I mean that's the best reason to do it that way fuck yeah cause she wasn't modest it wasn't really about modesty for her but she could still for her. she could
0: pull the modesty card and say you're yes. not a gentleman exactly how dare you um I also like this little you? tidbit
1: sorry She was the first person in the area to own a steam-powered automobile. (laughs) She bought it from a catalog, picked it up at the Laramie Trail Station, drove it home where she spooked every animal for 10 miles, parked it in the barn, and never took it out again. Poor
0: babies. I bet it was super loud. Yeah,
1: I think it was like, it looked really cool in the catalog, and then it was just loud and obnoxious, and she never drove it another time. Well, I'm sure she preferred horses anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that works. Moses, especially. Well, if he's still around, I don't know. I hope he is. Um, she also had a sort of, like, adopted son who wasn't officially adopted, but he was a son to her. And she's the one, or he's the one that she willed all of her property to when she died. Okay. Um, so she was diagnosed with cancer in 1924. And she had pretty much spent the entire fortune uh, that was left And she was at the point where she was selling her last properties and her jewelry. She then bought a totally useless piece of property, about 5,600 acres near Redfeather Lakes. And her son, Ben, tried to sell this property twice after she died, both times to Fort Collins churches, and both times the churches defaulted on the mortgage. So when he died, he willed the land to the Boy Scouts, who named the camp after him. So there's a big, gigantic boy scout camp up there and it's got all this land and um you can drive past it when you're going to lady moon trail so it's um, called ben
0: i mean she she didn't have his name did she if he was not officially adopted i don't know
1: his full name i just know his name was ben and that he was like an adopted son okay and that's kind of it all right <laughs> she, she so just...
0: that land still belongs to the boy scouts
1: Yeah, he willed it to the Boy Scouts when he died. And so it's all Boy Scouts down there. And so it's interesting because when you drive through, you can see all the Boy Scout cabins and um, it's just all this. It's a huge piece of land just for the Boy Scouts. Um, So there are a few ideas about how she died, apparently. The first and the most common one that I think is the true one (laughs) is that she died of the cancer she was diagnosed with. I was going to say. And now um, in 1926, and the second is that she died of alcohol poisoning because, you know, sure, lots of drinking. But the third one is the one that I like the best, even though there's just no way. Um, but supposedly one day Catherine simply disappeared. No one could find her. And after searching around the hotel where she was living, which is now the Livermore Hotel, The sheriff's deputies went up to the old barn at the Cold Spring Ranch nearby. In the dimly lit barn, they found the body of a woman dismembered and lacking a head. This is apparently a true murder that local legends say is Lady Moon. And people think that because she ran businesses that were less than legal. And people think that she got, you know got in with bad people who need, wanted money from her that she couldn't give them anymore and that that was like a you know a killing for that reason.
0: Wow. Uh, oh, there was your kitty. But
1: <laughs> that was my cat. So that's a real thing that happened and a lot of is people think Is it still technically it was a cold case? Moon. I think it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Cuz they still think it's her and apparently guests of the hotel have seen her ghost. I was gonna say, is this so, leading into the ghost? This is this is the ghost. So yeah, Livermore Hotel has has a legend about um, the ghost of Lady Moon. But I just thought that was that was kind of uh, an interesting <laughs> an interesting thing because even though there's probably a more realistic explanation, people still couldn't help but like mythologize her even at the very very last moment of her life. Well it's
0: also interesting because if she did die from her cancer then why were there no sort of witnesses or doctors attesting to here's the body here's where she was buried or maybe there were and it's just been lost to time. I don't know.
1: Yeah well supposedly she was buried in Wheat Ridge in Mount Olivet Cemetery in Wheat Ridge? Uh Uh-huh
0: Whoa. I don't know. That's kind of far away from
1: Fort Collins I know it's kind of weird. It's a Denver suburb. um, mm Mm-hmm But supposedly that's where she's buried. I kind of want to go look for her
0: uh, grave over there just to see if we can find it. Oh, you know what I'm super bummed out about now? Like there were all these graves of people we've talked about on the podcast that were in New York. And we never went to find them. We said we were going I know.
1: I think about that all the time. All the graves I didn't get to go see. Boo. That's the thing I, like, I, I miss the most. Already? It's the cemeteries and, like, yeah. And the and the idea that we could go see some of these things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, either way, Lady Catherine Moon had a terrible reputation amongst the women of Larimer County and nice. a raunchy and rambunctious reputation amongst the men. And... um. She went to her grave as flamboyant as the day she arrived in Colorado she's awesome I know how's the I trail know. is it nice it is it's I mean it's a hiking trail you know it's pretty pretty standard stuff and um, I would not have I would not have really guessed any of this at all there's no plaque there's no like this is the history of Lady Moon Trail, it just is called that, and you only know if you go out of your way to look it up. That's kind of a bummer. Kind of interesting. I know. I wish they would... Maybe at the ranch there is info. I don't know. But uh, on the trail itself, there isn't much. I'm just
0: looking up the trail. Oh, it's an intermediate
1: hike. (laughs) I need to burp excuse me yeah and it connects to a few things like there's a Molly Moon Lake up there but nobody knows who Molly Moon is which makes me go well fuck what's the deal there like what's the secret about Molly Moon yeah Disappointment Falls Trail yes that was so we wanted to go to Disappointment Falls and it ended up being a longer hike than we were willing to do that day but
0: yeah it looks like Lady Moon Trail is already long enough yeah.
1: Plus, apparently the falls are kind of disappointing, so, you know. I,
0: well, you, if they weren't, I would have been surprised.
1: <laughs> I thought that it was maybe like an Old West thing where it's like their disappointment falls because no one could find silver in them or something. Oh. But I think they're just, I think they're called disappointment falls because they're just not that cool. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: Which is a bummer. <laughs> So that is um, Lady Catherine Moon, and dude, I am. I just I want to read about all the crazy, amazing women of the Old West at some point, yeah. and get to do more people like her because she wasn't alone. No, I
0: kidding. mean that was the
1: nice thing about the Old West. You know, is it afforded women the ability to be like that and yeah. be
0: rambunctious if they yeah, wanted to be? It seemed like the, the gender roles were a little less strict. You know.
1: They were, yeah, which is why I think most Westerns are so bonkers because, like, women are prostitutes or, you know, Sex terrified workers. housewives. Thank you. <laughs> but, yes, but you know or what they're I mean? just, like, like,
0: dainty ladies when it's, like, there were no fucking dainty ladies in the Wild West. Not many because, like, it would have been more beneficial for a man to have a hardy woman who was willing to get her hands dirty because that yeah. made for a more, you know – um, symbiotic relationship with the land you were on. Yes, or and by the time profitable, I guess symbiotic is definitely not the right word because the land, I'm sure, was. Doesn't matter. Well, doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, yeah. That's that's some other stories for sure. We, but like I think by the time by the time those women realized that they could be hardy and, you know, work hard and have you know i don't know the ability to shoot a gun and whatever yeah, drink and then swear they and
0: wear pants or at least yeah. wear pantaloons and because you Sold had to be whiskey. able to
1: ride a horse yeah and so by that point like what's the point of having a husband
0: good question you
1: know and i think a lot of i think there were a lot of women in the old west who asked that question and found that they didn't know the answer so they just didn't answer it you know
0: hannah you should write like, you should write a screenplay about lesbians in the old west i think
1: i agree <laughs> i i want to write something old west uh set in the old west with someone like cussing kate and you know just some good queer uh representation in there. Absolutely, fruitly Are you a good witch? Or a
0: bad bitch?
1: Let us know by becoming a patron on on our our Patreon. Patreon. Oh
0: no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the
1: more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content
0: for you also when you become a patron you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air how exciting is that
1: very exciting yeah yeah you can find us at patreon.com slash Podcast. do you want some uh, on the stay in history yes please um, I'm just going to verify that tomorrow is in fact August 19th you would be correct Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not actually sure anymore. Just need to make sure. What fucking day is it? (sighs) All right. All right. So, August 19, 1561, Mary Queen of Scots, who was 18 years old, returns to Scotland on this day after spending 13 years in France. Ooh. Uh, 1612, the. S A M L E -S S B U R Y. Samlisbury. Okay. I'm going to say Samlisbury. The Samlisbury witches, three women from Lancashire Village in Samlisbury, England, are put on trial, accused of practicing witchcraft, uh, and it becomes one of the most famous witch trials in British history. Cute. And then in 1692, uh, in Salem, (laughs) Massachusetts, five people, one woman or one woman and four men, including a clergyman, are executed after being convicted of witchcraft.
0: Yep, we, we know that one. So I I guess today is a witchcraft day. Well, the 17th century was pretty rife with with that nonsense, and that's uh, uh, really, really cool how yep. how stifling, like, really intense conservative religion can be, because that's pretty much the people who were executed were independent women or widows or women who spoke their minds. yeah weird or, right or men who like owed supported money or them <laughs> yeah um
1: 1791 benjamin banneker a free black man wrote a letter to thomas jefferson about the ills of slavery
0: and sent that today well uh, you know uh-huh. i would have been a person to send it to uh-huh uh-huh
1: Yeah. And I guess it was I mean, the reason it's a big deal is because Thomas Jefferson was really moved by the letter. Really? Like it it was, you know, I mean, obviously not meaningful enough to him for anything to change. Well, but, you know, change is a long process, I guess.
0: Well, and I'm pretty sure Um, and nobody quote me on this, but like I think all of Thomas Jefferson's illegitimate kids were free. Like he made sure that they were free um oh, maybe the boys maybe that. not the girl but i mean they're all born of rape technically so that also sucks but yeah i mean but it and it also speaks to like nepotism <laughs> like yeah, you you're an exceptional of... black american because you were fathered by me <laughs> oh god well oh thomas jefferson <laughs> that's fun he's a very that's complex historical character
1: mhm yeah, that's I thought that was an interesting one to include yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Um, 1954, diplomat and first black winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, which I neglected to look up what for, stupid me, um, no. Ralph J. Bunch, Ralph J. Bunch named un, is named Undersecretary of the United Nations. Dang. hmm 1954. That is um, earlier than
0: I would have expected.
1: Yeah, me too
0: which is 1950 (laughs) sorry wow
1: that our expectation anyway um our expectations of of yeah the way our country deals with race is pretty low
0: oh yeah as they should be because
1: (sighs) you know you know because we said we're all here (laughs) we're
0: all experiencing the modern zeitgeist zeitgeist maybe it's not the right word but you know the modern era the modern movement
1: 1958, members of the NAACP Youth Council began a series of sit-ins at Oklahoma City lunch counters. Nice. In defiance of racism. Um, And I think I'm going to end on this one. 1989, defying apartheid laws, Bishop Desmond Tutu walks alone on a South African beach.
0: Wow, there's a lot of racial stuff. Witches and race stuff.
1: Well, I I have been going out of my way to seek out more um, black history because I realized, like, most of the places I was looking didn't ever include.
0: Yeah. Well, my my cousin said, too, that apparently Yale is doing a free online black history course, which I need to oh, look wow. into because I would love to do that.
1: God, yeah, if it's free especially, but, like, mm-hmm. also everybody in the world needs that. Yeah. um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been pulling, I think I've been pulling a, most of them from org. Oh. So, you know, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's on this day, August 19th.
0: And uh, are you excited about anything? I'm excited about a few things. Well, I guess a couple things that I'll talk about. Um, Tell me. I will. Uh, as you are aware, maybe, Benji's especially aware, um, Alex got me a Switch for my early birthday present, a Nintendo Switch. Hell yeah. So I've been playing a lot of games on that. Um, I'm trying to convince Ben to get on Stardew Valley with me so we can farm (laughs) together. Uh, But also, like literally just yesterday, I saw that all three Bioshock games you could buy in a bundle for 50 bucks. And I was like, what? Because I know those games are old now but i never played them because i was too scared and they were remastered for switch so it's like oh yeah and they're still complex cool. like they're, oh, they're, they're so interesting to be... The stories and yeah it's very like it, they drag Anne rand through the mud which i'm super into <laughs> not directly <laughs> yes. not directly but everything about her philosophy <laughs> is what it has created the world that these games exist in, and it has fallen apart because weird. That kind of shit just makes for really selfish, shitty people. And when you add in, like, genetic alteration, it makes them crazy. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Um,
1: I like it. But, yeah,
0: I've been playing Animal Crossing and Zelda Breath of the Wild, and they have all old NES games and Super Nintendo games on there for fucking free. So... I'm playing uh, the Link to the Past, the Zelda that came out in 91 that I played about a million times. Um, But there's that. So, it's awesome. And a good quarantine addition to my life. Um, And then also, last night, Alex and I watched the premiere episode of Lovecraft Country, which is a show on HBO. That is the first episode, fucking great. Creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Going, pl- I have no idea where exactly it's going. I know who H.P. Lovecraft was. I know he was an awful racist and a magnificent horror writer. Um, yep. But I don't know too much about like his stories other than what mainstream people know. So I'm excited mm. to see how it's all interwoven. It's basically like a big fuck you to his racism is what the series I, is supposed yeah. to be. And But it's also kind of fantasy-esque because the creatures that he created exist but it's also a lot of racism because it takes place in i think the 50s
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um it's i don't know it's just it's so the first episode was great and i'm really excited and the creatures kind of show up out of nowhere and it's like seems like it's a pretty normal you know period piece you know other than the fact that it's um black protagonists and it's not about a white savior which is great um hey (laughs) and um but then like all of a sudden there are these creatures that show up and make everything even more insane is it um directed
1: by or just produced by jordan peele uh i think just produced okay i think he's he's been doing so much amazing shit like that lately and I know Lovecraft Country is a either a graphic novel
0: or a novel. It was a book, yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so that I've I've always been curious about it, um, but I never knew that much. I never knew that much and then when I saw that they were making it, of course, it was like, okay, Jordan Peele and Lovecraft Country, like cosmic horror and like 1950s America and people battling racism. Yeah. <laughs> that all That all sounds like shit I want to watch. So, yeah. Well, I think it's going to it... be
0: it's going to be even more about like in they're their talk, the uh, not to give anything away, which I can't because I haven't seen much. But the trailer is talking about how the protagonist has a birthright that has to do with some sort of secret society that he didn't know Ooh. about. And I think that having that birthright is a little bit um, unexpected because I think the other people in the society are white. So, oh, I think. OK, so it's interesting. And the lead actor in it, I I don't think I've seen him in anything else prior. His name's Jonathan Majors. And I just learned clicking on his thing. He went to Yale for his MFA. Ah. So no wonder he's good. Oh, he was in the Last Black Man in San Francisco. But anyway, this oh. is the first thing I've seen him in. And he's, you know, fantastic. And uh, I'm excited. I'm just really stoked to see where it goes. And it's super creepy, and so they're doing one episode a week. I think so. Then yeah, okay on Sundays. Okay,
1: okay. on Sunday. So if you All watch right.
0: it, let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm always curious I, I guess I'm for your opinions. To... You're a little more uh, critical than I tend to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get I get critical, especially with like speculative stuff because I'm, I don't know. No, I that's... feel like so many people play it too safe, and
0: I mean, you... or do it stupidly yeah and that you have a film degree so you know oh yeah that makes sense
1: (laughs) i forgot (laughs) i forgot i have that yeah 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 uh amazing well i'm excited to watch that and uh unless you got other cool shit to talk about i think that wraps us up yeah yeah so uh yeah you can find us on social media um, we are at GWBB Podcast pretty much everywhere. Yep. And uh, you can email us GWBB Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And um, you can find us on Patreon and Ko-Fi under the same, at GWBB Podcast. Yep. And uh, on that note, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out, witches. Bye, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it.
1: Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. (laughs) Hannah Ferguson
0: and we're produced by Benjamin Garst
1: um, you can find us on
0: iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Play Google Play pretty much more. anywhere you listen to your podcasts you can find us there we're also on social media you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook GWBB Podcast you can also email us at gwbbpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. we love to receive emails if you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air uh, shoot it over to us we would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at
1: patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> Become a
0: patron and help us, you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it you can be a part of it also to help us out you can rate review and
1: subscribe all the all of those things are extremely helpful for us they help other listeners
0: find us yeah word of mouth also good yeah (laughs) our website is gwbbpodcast.com you can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron good witches bad bitches is powered by moon Moon Bounce. bounce